so uh, the thing is today we'll be continuing with our webinar right and there are some topics that we are going to discuss some more topics related to the lands and the still the again mapping it to the osi model and tcpip model so let's continue with that now the next thing that we are going to discuss about is fundamental of ethernet lands so when we are talking about ethernet and we are talking about LAN. We know what is LAN. Yes. If we talk about, let's say, the Ethernet. So, can I say that, like, when we are talking about Ethernet, right? Can I say Ethernet is a technology? which is used for co connecting devices in wired local area network or wide area network yes and what it does it enables the devices to communicate with each other through protocols right which is what are protocols a set of rules or we can say common network no, uh, language right so Ethernet tells us how the network device format and transmit data. Uh, so all the devices on the network or so the local area network basically, they can recognize, receive and process the information. Right? So Ethernet cable is what it is physical encased wiring over which the data tra travels. Right? But Ethernet tells what will be the size of the frame, how the data will be shared, right? What uh, standards it will be using, everything. Now, when we are talking about LAN, in LAN, there is one thing that we know, right? That local area network means in a building right or in a room small office home office kinds of kind of network right now we are connecting through cables right like uh, here also we can see uh, lan cable lan cable lan cable is written right so all of these devices they are connected to the switch through a lan cable right so this the standards these lan cables are following right that standard is known as ethernet right so Ethernet is the family of the all the LAN standards and together they define the physical and data link layer of the LAN technology, wired LAN technology. And it is created by 
आई ट्रिपल ई इंस्टीट्यूट ऑफ इलेक्ट्रिकल एंड इलेक्ट्रॉनिक इंजीनियर्स राइट सो आई ट्रिपल ई क्रिएटेड दिस इथरनेट स्टैंडर्ड व्हिच डिफाइन द केबलिंग द कनेक्टर्स द एंड ऑफ द केबल्स द प्रोटोकॉल रूल्स एवरीथिंग एल्स व्हिच इज रिक्वायर्ड टू क्रिएट एन इथरनेट लैन राइट नाउ when i'm talking about small office home office network right so if i said that there is small office home office network so what is that how to understand that right so it is a typical small office home office network right so lan that you, uh, like we have to like consider this this network only right the one that is in front of you so first what you need to do the lan it needs a device called an ethernet lan switch so it provides many physical ports into which cables can be connected so then there is an ethernet so ethernet will use ethernet cables also so ethernet cables it is a general reference to any cable that conforms to any of the several ethernet standard right and the lan uses ethernet cables to connect different ethernet devices or nodes to one of the ports of the switch right so here we can see like these cables are connected to the switch and then the, there is router right so the router connects the local area network to wide area network in case to get the internet right now the switch and the router are separate devices many small office home office ethernet lans today they combine router and switch into a single device yes or no the router that you are using at your home the router or router that you are using at your home uh, can i say that it is uh, like a switch as well i we can use it as a switch does it have ports behind can can i connect uh, like my pc directly to it yes correct that's is that is doable right so that is how this switch and router that here you can see it's combined in small office home office network as well right now the soho network right small office home office lan network today 
they also support wireless LAN connection. So you can build a single uh, uh, Soho LAN that includes both Ethernet LAN technology as well as wireless LAN technology, right? That is also defined by IEEE, right? So wireless LANs defined by IEEE using standards that begin with 802.11, right? So they use radio waves to send the bits from one node to the next node, right? And most wireless LANs rely yet another networking device. So wireless LAN access point, right? Access point acts somewhat like an Ethernet switch. In that, all the wireless LAN nodes communicate with the wireless access point if the network uses the access point. That is separate physical device, right? The access point then needs a single Ethernet link to connect to the Ethernet LAN. Now in this figure, we can see that router, Ethernet switch and wireless LAN access point, these are three separate devices. So you can better understand, right, the different rules. Many of the Soho networks today, right, they will use a single device often labeled as wireless router that does all these functions is wireless router an access point when we are talking about the enterprise lan enterprise local area network how it is different can you see that it's written a building is there first floor second floor third floor yes perfect so enterprise networks they also have similar needs compared to a small office home office network but on a much larger scale like for example uh, the enterprise ethernet lan begin with lan switches installed in a wiring closet right behind a locked door right on each floor of the building so the electrician install the ethernet cabling from that wiring uh, closet to the cubicles and conference rooms where devices might need to connect to the LAN. At the same time, most enterprises also support wireless LANs in the same space, right? So it allows the people to roam around and still work and to support a growing number of devices that do not have Ethernet LAN interface, right? So this image that you can see, it shows a conceptual view of a typical enterprise right so LAN in a three-story building each floor has a Ethernet LAN switch and a wireless LAN access point right to allow communication between floors right right each per floor switch connects to one centralized distribution switch right so uh, let's say there is PC3 right so pc3 can send data to pc2 but it would first flow through switch 3 right this swd that you can see so first pc3 will send the data to switch 3 switch 3 will give it to swd which is distribution switch and then it will be given to let's say switch 2 and then pc2 right 
Now this figure also shows the typical way to connect a local area network to a wide area network using a router. So LAN switches and wireless access points they work to create the LAN itself. Routers they connect to both the LAN and WAN. To connect the LAN the router simply uses the Ethernet LAN interface and Ethernet cable. Okay. Now the next thing is uh, building physical Ethernet LANs with UTP, right? When I'm talking about UTP, uh, what it means? Uh, the last one, like where if switch three, if PC three wants to send data to PC two, this one. So if PC3 wants to send data, see all these switches, uh, these are different floors of a building, right? Every floor of a building, they have a switch. To those switches, the access points are connected and uh, through to those access points, the devices are connected, right? So every switch is handling the data at each floor. Now, the thing is, there is a distribution switch which will distribute the data, right? So when I'm sending PC3 sending data, the P data will be sent to switch three and switch three will forward that data to the distribution switch. Then the distribution switch will forward the data to switch two. Right? And switch two will forward it to PC2, right? So that's how this thing will work. right perfect now next thing is utp now when we are when i'm talking about utp right untwisted unshielded twisted pair cable right so we have to know what is twisted pair cable right so before that i'll talk in terms of cabling right like what cable is and how we use it now when we are talking about ethernet we know that it is the entire family of standards so some standards uh, they define the specifics of how to send data over a particular type of cabling and at a particular speed other standards they define protocols or rules that the ethernet nodes they must follow to be a part of an ethernet lan right and these uh, like ethernet standards uh, they come from ieee and include the number 802.3 right when we are talking about the cabling part right now ethernet supports lots of options for physical ethernet links Right? And it has a long history, like over the last 40 or so years. Right? So today, Ethernet includes many standards for different kinds of optical and copper cabling for different speeds, uh, like for 10 Mbps up to 400 Gbps. The speeds are there. Right? And the standards also differ as a 
as the types and length of the cable so most com fundamental cabling choice has to do with the materials used inside the cable for physical transmission either copper wires or glass fibers right so when we are talking about the cables twisted pair cables right so there is there are twisted pair cables now twisted pairs are like this two or more than two cables twisted to each other now why we are twisting those cables do you guys know that correct electromagnetic interference now what was happening uh, i'm not uh, very good with uh, the drawing but yeah let's say they, these are the two cables in which the data is traveling parallelly they are uh, placed right so what happens this cable will be having its own electromagnetic field right and this cable will also be having its electromagnetic field so the electromagnetic fields of both the cable it's colliding and it will affect the speed of the data it may sometimes affect the data as well that uh, the data it's corrupted right like yesterday i told you that there is fcs frame check sequence which will check if the data is uh, proper or not if the data is same or it is tampered during the transit or not right why why i told you that why i asked you for that because due to electromagnetic interference the magnetic fields of the cable they are colliding with each other it may tamper the data right that's why the fcs is checking right it's not always someone is attacking or someone is uh, listening to your data right but it may affect right so that's why what we did instead of uh, moving the cables more far away right what we did we made uh, the cables combine with each other we twisted them to each other right so that the electromagnetic interference for all the cables it will be outside right so electromagnetic fields will not collide with each other now perfect now when we are talking about cabling right so in cabling what happens uh there is a thing which is known as x base t cabling okay now if i am writing let's say 100 base t right so it means the speed will be 100 mbps right now in that we have to understand that t stands for twisted pair 100 is for giving the speed what this base means base stands for baseband signaling 
remember back in the old days uh, when very few people were having internet in their at their homes right so that is what that is baseband signaling was happening nowadays we have broadband right but there was a time when we were using baseband also yes so let's say there is a cable right that i'm using right in that cable signals travel right if you send any data so this is a cable let's say right inside that cable the signals they are traveling now the thing is that when the data is traveling nowadays it is everyone's data is traveling in a single wire right like the data for me as well my neighbor as well uh, the other neighbor as well the data is traveling in the same wire right but back in the old days what was happening the telephone lines were used for communicating and that's why we had we have this thing uh like only one signal can travel at a time inside the wire right and that is known as baseband signaling right now we are using broadband yes so broadband means multiple signals can travel in the same same link or same wire and that's why the cost of internet became less otherwise it was very uh, like the most fundamental cabling choice has to do with the materials used inside the cable for physical transmission of bits right so the devices which are using utp cabling they transmit data over electric circuits through the copper wires inside the cable right fiber optic cabling the more expensive alternative so it allows the ethernet nodes to send light over glass fibers in the center of the cable so it's more expensive but optical optical cables typically allow longer cabling distance between nodes right so it contains long thin strands of fiberglass and the attached ethernet node sends lights over the glass fiber in the cable encoding the bits as changes in the light although ethernet includes many physical layer standards ethernet acts like a single lan technology but it uses the same data link layer standard over all types of ethernet physical networks so the standard defines a common ethernet header and trailer right no matter whether the data flows over a utp cable or any kind of fiber cable no matter the speed the data link header and the trailer use the same format while the physical layer standards they focus on sending bits over a cable the ethernet data link protocols focus on sending the ethernet frame 
from source to destination ethernode right so from a data link perspective nodes they build and forward frames right so the term frame itself uh, refers to the header and trailer of the data link protocol plus the data encapsulated inside that header and trailer so various ethernet nodes simply forward the frame over all the required links to deliver the frame to the correct destination right now when we are talking about building ethernet lans with utp now right so there are three most commonly used uh, ethernet standards 10 base t 100 base t and 1000 base t right so you have to use specific wiring for sending the data that we all know right now how to choose the wiring and how to send the data now let's discuss about transmitting data using uh, first the twisted pairs right now it is true that ethernet sends data over utp cables and the physical means to send the data uses electricity that flows over the wires inside the utp cable so to better understand how ethernet sends data using electricity break the idea into two parts how to create an electrical circuit and then how to make that electrical signal communicate ones and zeros right so the very first thing to create a one electrical circuit ethernet defines how to use the two wires inside a single twisted pair of wires right so this image does not show a utp cable between two nodes but instead it shows two individual wires that are inside the utp cable an electrical circuit requires a complete loop so the two nodes using circuitry on their ethernet ports connect the wire in one pair to complete a loop allowing the electricity to flow yes you can see that it's here right one wire a pair so one wire is going here and one wire is coming here so this whole loop is completed encoding schemes right now the idea works a lot like when two people talk with each other uh using the same language the speaker says some words in a particular language the listener because she or he speaks the same language and can understand the spoken wo words 
right with an encoding scheme the transmitted node the node which is sending the data it changes the electrical signal over time and the other node the receiver using same rules interpret those changes as either zeros or ones right so for example let's say we are using 10 base t right so 10 base t uses an encoding scheme that encodes a binary as a zero as a transition from higher voltage to lower voltage during the middle of a like any uh, seconds interval right so in an actual utp cable the wires will be twisted together instead of being parallel right so the twisting helps solve the some important physical transmission is issues when uh, electrical current passes over anywhere it has like as we discussed it has electromagnetic interference right so and em the electromagnetic interference between wire pairs in the same cable it's called crosstalk right so twisting the wire pairs together helps cancel out most of the emi so most networking physical links that use uh, copper wires they use twisted pairs right now let's understand this data transfer right now there is a thing which is known as ethernet link okay so ethernet link it refers to any physical cable between the two ethernet nodes right so there are connectors rj45 port is there right rj stands for registered jack Yes, registered jack 45. So the port where you will plug the Ethernet cable that is known as RJ45 port, and the connector that we use for it, it is RJ45 connector. Right. So first think about UTP cable itself, right? Unshielded twisted pair, right? Now, when we are talking about these UTP cables, right? There is STP as well, shielded twisted pair, right? So why to use unshielded and why to use shielded? Where to use them? 
anyone shielded twisted pair where to use so that means if we can use it anywhere shielded twisted pair like uh, if i have uh, in my home also i can use it right because if there are some devices which whose external interference may affect the speed of my data transfer then i can take help of shielded twisted pair yes okay so shielded twisted pair cable it's it means that it has a covering outside which does not let the external interface or interference to uh, come inside right and uh, it does not let the speed to get degraded right now the thing is when we are saying that we have shielded twisted pair cable right it's very expensive right and in the organization inside server rooms where there are lots of servers and you don't have any place that yes only at this place we can uh, put the wires like at home we always take care that uh, just the router we should not put router above the refrigerator or microwave ovens right the things having high electromagnetic interference just that we take care of otherwise we can put it anywhere right so that's what we do in our homes right but inside the organization there are lots of devices having uh, like higher electromagnetic interference right so we have to take care of these things perfect so unshielded twisted pair cables we are using at our homes right and shielded twisted pair they are expensive and they are used in the organization only clear now first if we are talking about utp the cable holds some copper wires which are grouped as twisted pairs so 10 base d 100 base t standards they require two pair of wires 1000 base t standard it requires four pairs so each wire has a color coded plastic coding right with the wires in pair having a color scheme so for the uh, let's say for the blue wire pair one wire's coating is all blue other wire's coating is blue and white stripped right so many utp cable they use an rj45 connector on both ends and rj45 connector has eight physical locations into which the eight wires in the cable can be inserted called pin positions or or simply pins yes these pins create a place where the ends of the copper wire can touch the electronics inside the nodes at the end of physical link so that electricity can flow right so to complete the physical link the nodes need an 
RJ45 Ethernet port that matches the RJ45 connector on the cable. So that connectors on the end of the cable can connect to each node. Right? And PCs, we also in PCs also we have RJ45 port as a part of network interface. Right? So that like we have network interface card that can be expansion card on the PC and or can be built into the system itself right switches typically have many RJ45 ports right so to connect to the Ethernet LAN right now while RJ45 connectors with UTP cabling can be common Cisco LAN switches they support other types of connectors as well so when you buy one of the many models of Cisco switches, you need to think about the mix and the numbers of each type of physical ports you want on the switch, right? And to give its customers flexibility uh, as to type of Ethernet links, even after the customer has bought the switch, Cisco made uh, Cisco switches include some physical ports whose port hardware can be changed later after you purchase the switch. Now we'll understand about the pin part that how this uh, these pins uh, we use how the things happen. If we can see here in the wire diagram right so what is written if it is white and green that means transmit right. If it is whole green, then transmit minus. Now, what is the use for like what is the meaning of transmit plus transmit minus? Okay, so to understand the wiring of the cable, wire needs to be in which pin position on both ends of the cable. You need to first understand how network interface card and switches work right as a rule ethernet network interface card transmitters they use the pair connected to pin 1 and 2 so the nic receivers they use a pair of wires at pin positions 3 and 6 right lan switches knowing those facts about what ethernet network interface card do they do the opposite right their receivers use the wire pair at pin 1 and 2 right and their transmitters use wire pair 3 and 6 right so two pins are used for transmitting the data and two pins are used for receiving the data right so that's why it is transmit plus transmit minus right like this if we can see here I'm receiving or transmitting so if this is transmitting these are receiving right and if these are receiving these are transmitting right 
so this is how the opposite thing works right if i am sending from pin 1 and 2 so i am receiving on pin 3 and 6 that's what happens in two devices right now if i talk about other types of cable right uh let's say like there is a type of cable which is known as straight through cable right and in straight through cable what i'm doing i'm connecting a router and a switch right or utp we are taking this there is a router and there is a switch right so i'm connecting a router and a switch right how the transmission will happen from router pin 1 and pin 2 will be used for transmitting the data right and pin 3 and 6 for receiving the data right on pin 3 and 6 for uh, like this switch for the switch when we are talking about on pin 1 and 2 it is receiving and from pin 3 and 6 it is sending right so these types of cables are called straight through cables right when different devices are communicating with each other then we'll use straight through cables right what if same devices same type of devices are communicating with each other right so if same category let's say there is a switch so this is a switch and this is also a switch right so both of the switches are communicating with each other then this scenario happens right receiving or sending from pin 1 and 2 and the other switch is receiving on pin 1 and 2 right now the thing is both of the switches they have same configuration so if i'm sending from pin 1 and 2 will the other switch receive on pin 1 and 2 will that happen what do you think will that ever happen if two switches are connected through a cable and the property of a switch says that we have to send the data through one and two so from switch one i'm sending the data through the pin number one and two right so will the second switch receive on pin one and two no because both of their properties say that if I am sending from 1 and 2, switch 1 will also send from 1 and 2 and switch 2 will also send from 1 and 2. Right? Perfect. So if two switches are communicating with each other, this is for transmission, this is for transmission, this is for receiving and this is for receiving right 
same here transmission transmission and receiving receiving right so this will be a crossover cable which will be used what is the cable name crossover cable yes now both are sending at the same time so first switch is sending from pin 1 and 2 to pin 3 and 6 second switch is also sending from 1 and 2 to 3 and 6 so is there any chance of collision what do you guys think nope there is no chance of collision straight through cable as i told you so straight through cable pin out now in that what you can understand like by you by looking at these pin pin outs what you guys can understand correct the color is showing where the receiving will happen so if it is green that means green and white right now the same picture i'm pasting right and let's understand one thing one concept now if you check this image out right the same we have used yes now a straight through cable works correctly when the nodes use opposite pair for transmitting data right when two same devices connect to an ethernet link they both transmit on same pins in that case you need another type of cab cabling pin not called crossover cable right so it crosses the pair at the transmit pins on each device to receive pins uh, on the opposite device right so when we are talking about the straight through cable right if the endpoints transmit on the same pin pair crossover cable is used um, straight through cable uh, like if the endpoint transmit on different pairs right so if there is a campus local area network right so let's see where the cables and what kind of cables will be used in this image when Two switches are communicating with each other two same devices are communicating with each other then we are using crossover cables but when a device a pc is communicating with the switch straight through cables are being used yes when we are talking about the color coding 
here we have uh, read and we studied that for green it's transmission right so green pin 1 and pin 2 is used for transmission right and pin 3 orange and pin 6 orange is used for receiving when we are talking about the automatic things right so most modern networking devices they have evolved beyond straight through and crossover cables because there is a new feature which is known as auto mdix right it is called auto mdix right so previously if two switches are connected using straight through cable they were not able to communicate with each other auto mdix allows to automatically detect which pins their neighbor is transmitted and adjust the pins they use to transmit the data okay now when we are talking about a thousand base t right now what thousand base t can do right how the data transmission happens in thousand base t cables now in thousand base t uh, or you can there is one more 10 g base t right 10g base t now 10g base t means the speed is 10 gbps right each pair is bidirectional yes and as i said it needs four wires to uh, transfer the data right so if i'm sending the data from here right this is one pair right then let's say 3 and 6 right then 4 and 5 is a pair right 7 and 8 can be a pair right that is how the 10g base t sends the data right or 1000 base t right so it requires four wire pairs it uses more advanced electronics that both ends right it allows both the ends to transmit and receive simultaneously on each wire so wiring pinouts work almost identically to all the other things all the other standards that we have discussed adding details for the additional two pairs right straight through cables uh, for 1000 base T it uses four wire parts or four wire pairs to create four circuits but the pins need to match so it uses same pinouts for two pairs as the 10 base T and 100 base T standards right and it adds a pair at pin 4 and 5 and the final pair at 7 and 8 right so pin 4 and 5 and 7 and 8 they are also used in 1000 base t and 10g base t 
right so that is the one thing so on any pair you can receive on through any pair you can send the data right now next thing is we are going to talk about in terms of physical ethernet lands with fiber now the thing is that we are building ethernet lands with fiber right so the capability of utp based ethernet standards to use a cable length up to 100 meters means that majority of ethernet cabling in an enterprise uses utp cables yes or no so i like it's not that uh, what is the speed let's say uh, like there is a cable right i am using and the cable is let's say cat 5 or cat 6 cable right category 5 category 6 cable let's say the cable uh supports up to 30 gbps of uh, gbps of data right or 10 gbps of data right data transfer so a high speed it can uh, afford but the thing is after affording that high speed still after 100 meters the speed starts degrading isn't that a bad thing so when it starts degrading right so for that what you have to do you have to use an amplifier in between yeah standard is 170 meters right depends on different types of cable right so what we have to do after 100 meters we have to use the device and then it will amplify our signals so the device which amplifies our signals right the one that i have paste, uh, like this box i have created what is the name of this device right so repeater does what it picks up the bit bit by bit data from here and puts it here in the output right right so that's the that's one thing right now in some cases an engineer might prefer to use fiber cabling for some links in the in an ethernet lan right first thing to reach greater distances uh, but for other reasons as well right so when we are talking about fiber cabling it uses glass as the medium through which light passes varying that light over time to encode zeros and ones right so it seems strange like uh, if i ask you 15 years back 15 20 years back if i if i might have asked you that do you think the data can travel in form of a light you would have said that never yes or no yes 
we might have said that no it can never be sent in the form of a light right so it's it seems strange to first uh, at first to use glass given that most of us think of glass and windows so window glass is hard unbending and if you hit or bend it enough the glass will probably shatter all bad characteristics for a cabling material isn't it yes like uh, let's say you are using that window glass so that window glass due to many factors it may break right instead of that fiber optic cable uses fiber glass right so it allows a manufacturer to spin a long thin string of flexible glass and a fiber optic cable holds the fiber in the middle of the cable allowing the light to pass through the glass and that is a very important attribute for the purposes of sending data right although sending data through a glass fiber works well the glass fiber by itself needs some help right the glass could break so the glass fiber needs some protection and strength and strength right so there are these outer layers right so outer three layers the outer jacket strengthener and buffer right the three outer layers of the cable they protect the interior of the cable and make the cable easier to install and manage the inner cladding and core right both of them they work together to create the environment to allow the transmission of light over the cable and a light source called the optical transmitter shines a light into the core right light can pass through the core however light reflects off the cladding back into the core right so if this is a glass right so if this in this glass if i directly send some light the light will try to escape the glass right so cladding makes sure that the light does not escapes the core right and it reflects the light back into the core as it travels through the core right now the thing is there are two types right in fiber one is single mode and second is multi mode now single mode fiber it uses a small diameter core around 1/5 of the diameter uh, like of a common multi mode cable multiple signals can travel in multi mode right so to transmit a light into much smaller core a light laser based transmitter sends light at a single angle right that's why it is named single mode so here laser is being used right so both multi mode and single mode cable cabling they have more important roles in ethernet and they meet different needs multi mode improves the maximum distance over utp and it uses less expensive transmitters 
as compared to single mode right standards they do vary for instance the standard for 10 gb ethernet over fiber it allows distance up to 400 meters right so 400 meters right which would often allow for connection of devices in different buildings in the same office park right and single mode allows distances into tens of kilometer but with slightly more expensive hardware right so to transmit between two devices you need two cables one for each direction right right utp uh, the concept works much like having two electrical circuits with the original utp ethernet standard right so the transmit port on one device connect to a cable that connects to the receive port on other device right now to use fiber with ethernet switches you need to use a switch with either built-in ports that support a particular optical ethernet standard or a switch with modular ports that allow you to change the ethernet standard used on the port right so if we are using single mode right i'm just giving you example uh 10g base e right so it, the cable type will be used single mode and the maximum distance will be 30 kilometers but it will be expensive right so for an instance that uh, to build an ethernet lan in a office park let's say you might need to use some multi-mode and single mode fiber links Many office parks might already have fiber cabling installed for the expected future use by the tenants in the buildings. If each building was within a few hundred meters of at least one other building, you can use multi-mode fiber between the buildings and connect switches and create your LAN. Right? So, distance is the first criterion to consider when thinking about whether to use UTP or fiber cabling. Then uh, other things they exist as well. So UTP wins again on course cost, right? Because the cost goes up as you move up from UTP to multi-mode and then to single mode. And due to extra cost for the transmitters, that is also there, right? So UTP has some negatives. However, first UTP, might work poorly in some electrically noisy environments like factories because uh, UTP it can be affected by electromagnetic interference as uh, we all know right and UTP cables they emit a faint signal outside the cable so highly secure networks they choose to use fiber which do not create similar emissions right so data leakage can happen using UTP Correct. So they are using fiber solutions because data is the first priority, right? They can pay, right? They are ready to pay. Why? Because the data leakage was 
always there when we were using UTP. It depends if some company's data was leaked or it was not. But yeah. Or you can tamper the data as well. Like what attackers they do. If being an attacker, like if I'm talking in terms of security, if being an attacker, I'm not able to hack inside the company, get inside the company. So I will send high frequency or I will create electromagnetic interference in the in the network so that the wires and the data traveling in them it gets tampered right so now here we can see if the standard is 10g base s multimode will be used 400 meters is the max distance right then 10g base lx4 multimode will be used 300 meters will be the maximum distance 10 base LR single mode will be used 10 kilometers will be the max distance 10 base E single mode will be used 30 kilometers will be the max distance right now next thing is sending data in Ethernet networks right now how we are sending data so although physical layer standards vary quite a bit and other parts of ethernet standards they work the same regardless of type of uh, like physical ethernet link and this final major section uh, like that i have put in this course right so we'll be discussing about some protocols and the rules in ethernet regardless of the type of the link perfect so these are the different protocols that are used in data link layer right now when i'm talking about these things in data link layer so how the things happen how the things work in data link layer right so one of the most significant strengths of the ethernet family of protocol is that these protocols use the same data link standard in fact the core parts of the data link standard date back to original ethernet standards right yes now the thing is when we are talking about the ethernet so ethernet data link protocol defines the ethernet frame so there is an ethernet header at the front the encapsulated data in the middle and ethernet trailer at the end so ethernet actually defines a few alternate formats of the header with the frame format so header and the trailer right so while all the fields in the frame matter some matter more to the topics discuss right uh, like we have discussed so we'll discuss in more detail about these fields but yeah for now i'm telling you about these fields like the first one is preamble okay 
so preamble is used for the synchronization purpose right for synchronizing the communication between different uh, two different devices right which are communicating right then there is sfd sfd stands for start frame delimiter right now start frame delimiter means it is signifying or it is telling that the from the next byte the destination mac address field is starting right so there is destination mac address field to detect that now the destination mac address is arriving sfd is present right it finds out the sfd right then there is destination mac address then there is source mac address right then there is type now what can be type it defines the type of protocol listed inside the frame right so today most likely it identifies ip version 4 or ip version 6 right clear then data and pad right so it holds data for a higher layer right and like usually ipv4 or ipv6 packets so the sender adds padding to meet the minimum length requirement for this field which is 46 bytes right so the data whatever data you are sending that is data and pad then there is fcs so it provides a method for receiving uh, network interface card to determine whether the frame experienced transmission errors or not not right so the thing is the source and destination ethernet address field they play a very big role how ethernet lands work right and the general idea of each is relatively simple right the sending node puts its own address in the source address field and the intended ethernet destination device address in the destination address field now the sender transmits the frame expecting that the ethernet lan as a whole will deliver the frame to the correct de destination right now ethernet addresses which i am calling uh, talking about these are also called mac addresses right so when i'm talking uh, about crc so crc works inside cisco it is an algorithm to find out the errors during the transmission so it can be due to electrical uh, it can, th th these can be electrical errors or uh, like electromagnetic interference errors or fluctuation errors anything uh, the error can be which can tamper a frame which can affect the data of the frame that those that data is inside uh, like that 
affected data is found that if the errors are there in the data using CRC or there are different uh, algorithms like checksum and uh, parity check double parity check right so all those things are there now as I'm we are talking about uh, like MAC addresses right so MAC addresses are six byte long yes six byte that means 48 bits yes now most computers they list MAC addresses as a 12 digit hexadecimal numbers right now Cisco devices they add some periods to the number for easier readability as well like uh, Cisco switch it might list a MAC address as uh, like let's say 0000.0c12.345 six dot right so these are uh, like it separates them using periods right now most mac addresses they represent a single network interface card or other ethernet port so these addresses are often often called unicast address what is the meaning of unicast correct so it is one-to-one -one communication now here in this scenario why I'm saying it unicast right it's simply a formal way to refer to the fact that the address represents one interface to the Ethernet LAN right the entire idea of sending data to the destination unicast MAC address works well but it works only if all the unicast MAC addresses are unique so if two network interface cards they try to use the same MAC address there could be confusion if two PCs on the same Ethernet they try to use the same MAC address so to which PC should frames be sent or delivered so ethernet solves this problem using an administrative process so that at the time of manufacture all ethernet devices are assigned universally unique mac addresses right so before a manufacturer build can build ethernet products it must must ask the ieee to assign the manufacturer a universally unique three byte code right that is called OUI right OUI means organizationally unique identifier right the manufacturer right uh, ask the uh, IEEE for that right then the manufacturer agrees to give all NICs a MAC address that begins with its assigned 3 byte OUI right and then the manufacturer also assigns a unique value for the last three bytes a number that manu manufacturer has never used with that OUI as a result the MAC address of every device is unique in uh, in this universe right 
so how it looks like like this right so there is organizationally unique identifier and then vendor assigned NIC cards so for this value the one the vendor assigned if I have let's say H, I'm using a device from HP yes if there is a device from HP so will that device be having same vendor assigned bits so for uniquely identifying its own devices right organization will give like or the manufacturer will give the first 24 digits to all its devices right so all of the devices there are many chances like uh, odds are very high that you are using HP I'm also using HP we both have same uh, OUI in the MAC address right that is uniquely identifying the organization then the last 24 digits are unique for every device in this world right that's how the things work now ethernet addresses they go by many names right lan address ethernet address hardware address right burnt-in address, physical address, universal address or MAC address. For example, the term burnt-in address, right, it refers to the idea that the permanent MAC address has been encoded into the chip on the network interface card, right. Uh, like as an, another example, IEEE, like Institute of Electrical and Electronic Engineers, uses the term universal address to emphasize the fact that the address assigned to a network interface card by a manufacturer should be unique among all addresses in the universe. When we are talking, we uh, I told you that it is a unicast address. So in addition to unicast address, Ethernet also uses group addresses. Right, what can be group addresses be doing? Anyone? So group addresses, they identify more than one LAN interface card. A frame sent to a group of addresses might be delivered to a small set of devices on the LAN or even to all devices on the LAN, right? In fact, the IEEE defines two general categories of group addresses for Ethernet. What are those? Broadcast address and multicast address. So broadcast means one to all communication that anyone who's there in the network, even if that person is uh, like not uh, there, right? Even if that person does not need, even that device does not need the data, even then that device will be getting the data, right? So the frame sent to this address 
will be delivered to all the devices in the Ethernet LAN and it has a value of FFFF dot FFFF right F means hexadecimal value biggest perfect then next is multicast what do you mean by multicast how will you define one to a select few now what happens in multicast there is a multicast group which is created right now in that multicast group if you are the part of that multicast group right server will send you the data otherwise you won't get the data right that is the meaning of multicast address right so the frames which are sent to this address will be copied and forwarded to subset of the devices on the LAN that volunteers to receive in frames right so you have to volunteer for getting the data here how error detection happens with FCS right so Ethernet it also defines a way for nodes to find out whether a frames bits changed while crossing over an Ethernet link right so the bits that could change because of some kind of electrical interference or a bad network interface card right Ethernet, like most data link layer protocol, uses a field in the data link layer for error detection, which is FCS, right? The only field in Ethernet trailer which gives the receiving node a way to compare results with the sender to discover whether errors occurred in the frame or not. Now, the sender, it applies a complex math formula to the frame before sending it. And it's, he stores the result of that formula in the FCS field. The receiver applies the same math formula to the received frame, right? And the receiver then compares its own result with the sender's result. If the results are same, the frame didn't change. Otherwise, an error occurred and the receiver discards the frame, right? So error detection does not mean error recovery, right? Ethernet defines that the errored frame should be discarded but ethernet does not attempt to recover the lost frame right so other protocols like tcp recover the lost data by noticing that it is lost and they send the data again right but ethernet does not defines this thing getting the point so if it is lost then lost Now, sending Ethernet frames with switches and hubs, right? Now, when we are talking about switches sending data, right? So, we should know that what is hub and what is switch, right? Then there is one thing written here, CSMA CD, right? So, what is that, right? The very first thing we should know is hub. Now, how will you define the hub, guys? What is a hub? So hub 
it is a networking device which is used to transfer data in the network right now all the devices which are connected to the hub what hub does hub broadcasts all the information uh, to the all the devices that are present in the network right so what happens that's the worst thing about hub so let's say there is hub and there are devices connected to the hub right let's say there is this is the hub and these devices are connected to the hub yes this is pc1 this is pc2 this is pc3 and this is pc4 now the thing is when pc1 wants to send some data to pc4 what is happening pc1 is sending us to hub and hub is broadcasting that information to anyone so hub is saying that anyone whose data is this just accept it now pc3 is checking if this data is for me or not pc3 will drop it pc2 will check that if this data is for me or not it will drop it and pc4 will accept it how pc3 and pc2 gets to know that uh, uh like if the data is for me or not and how pc4 is getting to know that if the data is for me yes it can take uh, down networks with broadcast storm right but not now it was it was an old thing like back when hubs were being used and there was no dos protection so at that time right right now it can happen in the places like dos can happen in the places denial of service attacks where like operational technologies where you have microcontrollers having like uh, 5 mbs of or even less than 5 mbs one or two mbs of uh, ram only right you cannot put antivirus there you cannot put anything so how you will secure so on those places dos can be done now you have uh, like uh, nowadays you have uh, these like around 16 gbs of ram you have 8 gbs of ram so dos will not work right it takes very long time to eat up the whole ram and eat up the whole bandwidth of the network and the thing is that when pc2 and pc3 are checking if the data is for me or not how they are checking on the basis of ip address and mac addresses right so who inside your device is checking if the data is for me or not your network interface card checks the destination ip address and mac address inside the device inside the message and tells you that if the data is for you or not right so that's how your hub works right now if let's say 
from the security perspective if i ask you that if pc3 there is an attacker sitting connected to the switch or any person sitting who's who wants to see what data is being transmitted so the data arrived at the doorstep of pc3 the work of network interface card is to check but what if i disable that uh, checking of uh, network interface card like i disable the network interface card that don't check anything uh, like just accept everything right whatever data is arriving in at your doorstep just accept it yes if i make it like that so pc3 will be able to see the data what pc1 wants to send to pc4 right so that was the major security concern that why hubs are not used now right and it's very easy to change the working of nic right it's uh, like i can in seconds we can change it so like when we'll be learning about the security part maybe then i'll show you how i can change the working in a, in seconds and who is uh, what is the file or what is the tool i'm using to change the working of network interface card right that can help you in doing dos then there is an attack slow loris in kali linux there is uh, just you have to write slow loris so it can do attacks on the application layer directly right so that is also a dos attack so it depends what kind of dos attack you are uh, doing right then uh, ping flood also you can do so you can send multiple pings right so ping flood or icmp flood we call it so there is a tool with the name hping3 that we use for uh, performing the dos attack so there are multiple tools multiple commands that you can use you just have to send those tcp packets and flood the target right 